You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,180 and our interview 1,494. In 1970, Tony Asali came to the U.S. from Beirut, Lebanon with only $28 in his pocket. He has written his story of entrepreneurial success in his first book, Catch the White Tiger. I've asked Tony to come here and he's been invited to discuss the origin of this term, white tiger and the impact it has had on his journey tony welcome to critical mass radio show and podcast thank you very much for having me it's my pleasure why don't we talk a little bit about what's the main idea of your book the main idea is to always look for hidden opportunities and capitalize on it opportunities that's what i call the white tiger they are rare and hard to find so this is your story of your entrepreneurial success Right. So when did you first identify your success tied to this idea of these hidden opportunities, what you now call a white tiger? I was 16 and a half in Beirut, Lebanon, and I was working in the men's clothing store. And I looked at magazine and I saw the Wrangler jeans, which we did not have any jeans in Beirut, Lebanon at that time. And then that was my first white tiger. I reached out to a broker in New York, and I brought the Wrangler jeans to Beirut, Lebanon, for the first time. At, at 16 years old? At 16 years old. Ha, um, did you call it a white tiger at that time, or did you just think, hey, I'm a smart business person here? No, I just was making money. I was, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, uh, just uh, trying to make a buck, huh? Yes. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and it was beautiful then. I came to America, and uh, I was 17. Why did you leave Beirut to come to America? Because... My parents recognized that there was a civil war about to start. So since I was the oldest, my dad said, you should go to America. He got me a visa. I said, once you settle, bring us over there. So I came in with $28 in my pocket. So $28, and what year was that? 1970. 1970. So $28 was a little bit more than it is today, but $28 is not a very much amount of money to land in the United States and find your way with? No, it wasn't, but I wasn't worried or afraid very much. Yes, I was a little bit, because I've always had the ability to recognize rare opportunities and seize on it and capitalize on it. That's what I call the white tigers. So do you remember when you got off that plane? Yes. Do you remember what you felt or thought at the time you put your foot on, on the ground here? What I did in Boston... Massachusetts, and I took taxi, and I was looking at the houses. I thought they were shacks, mm. because in Beirut, Lebanon, where I come from, all it was is buildings. Mm. After we left Boston, I was looking at these houses, and they <laughs> did not look. I said, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh-huh. But then I got adjusted very fast to it, and it's beautiful. Right. And how long did it take you to bring your family from Beirut to the States? Six years. Okay. Did you bring them all at the same time? Yes. Okay. And it was really amazing the way I brought them because in 1975, I saw a news report that some militants started to to sniper the Christian that live in churches. And 
I was really scared because I couldn't reach my parents anymore, not by phone or by mail. So I panicked. I thought I'm never going to see my family again. So then another white tiger came into her. I took a pen and a paper and I wrote to the American ambassador in Greece, which is another country next to Lebanon. Sure. And I said, gave him my name, my parents' name, the passport number, the birth date. And I told him, I only have you on earth and God in heaven. I want you to find my parents and bring him to Greece, put him in a hotel and give him a tourist visa and send him to me. Mm. And once the civil war is over, they're going to go back. And I put it in the mail, 1975. And on September, I got, beginning of September, I got this phone call at 4 a.m. from my parents. They were in Greece. Oh, my goodness. This gentleman found them during the war, brought them to Greece in a boat, put them in a hotel, gave them a tourist visa. Just as you had asked him to. Just like I asked him to. Powerful. So I went to the flower shop. And I bought him the biggest bouquet of flowers <laughs> that they can make and send it to him. Oh. And my dad said, we'll be in Boston, Logan Airport, September 6, 1976. Wow. That was the happiest day of my life. That's awesome. So let's get back to your book. And we're talking with Tony Asali. And we're talking about his book, Catch the White Tiger. Um, what was the inspiration for you chronicling your life story as an entrepreneur. What was the inspiration for this, Tony? The inspiration was is I wanted to share my talent and the ability to help others so they can recognize the opportunity, that hidden opportunity that people don't see. I wanted to share that with them, and I want to change their life, and I want to inspire them so they can find that opportunity and capitalize on it. We were talking a little bit um, before the show about how many people are responding to your book. So could you just give us a sense for what's been the response since your book came out? It's a lot better than what I expected. That's nice. Everyone that read my book, I've been getting phone calls, texts. They couldn't put it down. They, they got inspired. It changed their life. They look at the world different now. They see it as one big opportunity. And they started to buy more books to share with their friends, relatives, especially the teenagers and the college graduate because they do not want them to be afraid. They want them to spend more time with the creative side mm -hmm. and less time with the inner critics. Well, it's. I think it's... It's human nature that sometimes the things that we desire the most, we're afraid to try, fearing that we might fail. Does that make sense? Yes, sir, it does. That's why they need to read my book, because they will spend more time listening to the creative side and less time with the inner critics. And we all have them. We all have them. Right, right. Every day. Right, and and I think, um, I can only speak for myself, but if I look back and there, and I have regret, it's around the things that I really wanted to do that I didn't have the ability or desire or belief that I could do it, and more than the things that I tried to do and I failed. I mean, I, th I think, so your book is inspiring people to have less regret over time by actually taking that step and trying, right? Yes, and I, l I will share that with them. And I will, I will change their life, and they will be inspired by reading the book. So I was going to ask you your target audience. That's a question I always like to ask the, sure. the, the authors who write books. So when you were writing this book, who did you have in mind specifically that you wanted to read this book? The Working Force. 
the men and women and the rising generation that are afraid to move forward. That's, I wanted to inspire these people and show them and share that talent so they can find their own white tiger, which is a hidden opportunity, and go and grab it and capitalizing on it. Did, did you, have you found in your life the more that you've tried these ideas, the more easily it's become to try other ideas? Does yes. it build momentum for you? It does build momentum and it gives you more courage and you'll be so happy and successful beyond your wildest dream. Just don't stop. Keep going after that hidden opportunity. And by reading the book, I will share that talent with you. Okay, so the white tiger is the hidden opportunity that can be transformative or something that can be that you really want to do that you're not confident in doing. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And when you identify the white tiger, what advice would you give to a young person to take that first step. In our peer group meeting today, we talked about changing behavior, and many times the hardest thing to do is the first step. What advice do you give them as far as the getting over the inertia of not doing anything or listening to that inner critic? Just do not be afraid and go after it and get it because your inner critic is going to tell you, you have a lot to lose, don't try it. You can waste your time, waste your money, even your life. But your creative self is going to tell you, be bold, take a chance, go for it, and do not be afraid. So you have a series of White Tiger episodes in your life. And I know that one of them that I'd like you to share with my audience is your experience with the food hummus. Yes. Can you share that? Absolutely. Thank you. At that time... In 1980, I was selling the finest clothes in the United States, in Newton, Massachusetts. I was making over $150,000. So on Sunday, we went to church, and after church, we go down to the basement, have coffee and donuts with the parishioner and talk. And one gentleman that knew my dad in Lebanon, he said, it's really funny. You go to the supermarket, you find Mexican food, Italian food, French food, this kind of food, that kind of food, but there is no Mediterranean food. It's amazing. At that moment, I caught that opportunity, that white tiger, and the next day on Monday, I called him work and told him I'm be late. I went to the printing shop. I printed the label for the hummus tahini, baba ghanous, and the tabbouli. And I called the lawyer, and I called the Cedars Mediterranean Foods, Inc. And I bought the little la machine and started to do it at my home. And I went to in the independent markets and kind of begged them to let me put the product in. Uh -huh. And I told them, because I have a date, expiration date, if you don't sell it after the date, you don't have to pay for it. So they let me use the shelf. I said, I'll be back in a week. I only can make 48 containers because my wife would not let me put, you need to put food in the, <laughs> in the refrigerator. Yeah, right. So I went to four stores. I put 12 in each. And I said, I'll be back in a week. But I couldn't wait a week. Sure. I went back in two days. At the first store I walked into, I didn't see my items. I said, oh, no, I'm done. <laughs> So I went to the manager. I said, so I came to pick up the hummus containers that you have in the back, probably. He said, what containers? We ran out the same day. How much do you have in your truck? Wow. I said, 48. He said, go get them all. <laughs> so in front, 
within six months, we made our first million dollars uh-huh. in the hummus. And uh, after four years, sold it and moved to California and started the same thing with a small la machine. Oh. So before that encounter at the church basement, had you thought about creating and becoming a food entrepreneur? No, no sir. Never, never thought of it. So, so is that the essence of the idea of a white tiger is to recognize it even if it's not in your field of view historically? I mean, that's sort of what I'm taking away from this story, Tony. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that somebody would have said, are you crazy giving up a six-figure job to go make food? What do you know about making food? Nothing. I was called crazy. And that's the hidden opportunity okay. that I was talking about. Okay. That one word that said there is no Mediterranean food in the market. The only thing in my mind that came in is the hummus because the hummus have more protein than meat. If you run out of meat, you use garbanzo beans. So you are an entrepreneur in your core. If we go back to you at 16 years old importing jeans, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to figure out. I'm sure you didn't look in the yellow pages and find the phone number to call, right? That took some effort. No, sir. It took three days for somebody <laughs> to give me the phone number. <laughs> and I was very scared. I was very scared to call that gentleman in New York. And I made a good deal with him. And I made a good deal with the owner of the closing store. So I'd get half the profit okay. by let him let me display my jeans in the store. So we're talking with Tony Asali, and we're talking about his first, but maybe not only book, first book so far. The title is Catch the White Tiger, and I'm really trying to understand, and I, you're doing a good job helping me to, the concept of a white tiger and how that's a transferable knowledge that you can pass on, certainly by reading his book and the different experiences, and I'm just trying to pick up on a, on a couple of them. But the common theme that I'm hearing, and I've heard you speak in public, and he is a public speaker as well, so if you're interested, you can always hire Tony to talk about the book as well. I know you're going to be speaking later this week. The idea is recognizing a good idea from a business perspective and then immediately taking action to make it happen. Yes. Because you didn't know anything about food. You no, had no distribution channel. You, the, the reasons why you should not have done that are way longer than the reasons why you're inspired to do it, right? Right. See, if you do what you're supposed to do and you follow your purpose and believe in yourself, just like the whole universe conspires and gives you everything you need to succeed. So keep following your instinct, believe in yourself, silence your inner critics, and keep listening to your creative side, and you'll be very successful. So, so let me ask you a question. It's not in the script. It's just I'm reacting to what I'm hearing you say. The, the, before we started this interview, I clearly identified the white tiger as that hidden opportunity that you take action against. But I think a part of the white tiger is innate inside of you. I mean, is it, is it fair to assume that part of the white tiger is you? It is fair because I go for it immediately and I don't think about it and I don't analyze it. I just go forward. The minute I see it, I go forward. And so how do you not get taken advantage of then when you're sort of, you know nothing about the food service business, you knew nothing about selling jeans, you knew nothing about many of the things that you write about in your book, but you figured it out. Why do you think life has been beneficial to you where you haven't had someone who took advantage of young Tony Asali who didn't know any better? Well, people did not take advantage of me because, number one, I did not have time 
and I know I will succeed in everything, you have to have confidence in yourself. Okay. I took this, after being in America about six months, I took this girl out on a date to take me to a fine restaurant because I did not know where they are. I did not have money at that time to go to any restaurant except McDonald's. So she took me to this fine restaurant. I want to impress her. I asked the waiter, can you please send the sommelier? And he said, sommelier what? And I want, I said, sorry, the wine steward. So right away, he said, we don't have any of those. At that moment, I recognized and I caught the second white tiger in America. And I went the next day and I talked to the general manager to, to let me be that wine steward. And the minimum wage was 80 cents an hour. I was bringing home $500 a week by selling wine to the tables. So just that opportunity again. Right. So I did not know nothing about wine. <laughs> but I know you give red wine with meat, yeah, right. white wine with chicken, rosé with fish. So. Right. And that's good for the restaurant because now they're selling more wine, which is probably a very profitable item for them to sell, and they were willing to give you part of your of the profits. I sold like. out in four months. I sold every single bottle of wine that they had. So totally changed kind of their business model then totally. for them as well. Totally. So I, I continue to believe part of the inspiration of this book is not only being aware as an entrepreneur to business opportunities when they present themselves, but also having that innate white tiger in you, which is this confidence that you're talking about, belief that if you do it, you're going to be successful at it. And always look for that hidden opportunity. And I keep looking. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Successful, I keep looking for when the opportunity comes, I take it. I don't waste it. I grab it and I seize on it. And that's everything I've done is very unique. Very unique and different. So I was mentioning earlier that in addition to being the author of this book and guests on radio shows and podcasts like Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcasts, you're also a keynote speaker and you're being hired to go out and kind of deliver this message. W w talk a little bit more about having captured this white tiger, which is writing this book. Where is it leading you now in this part of your career? Yes, because I wanted to share that talent and that ability to find the white tiger. I'm willing and able to do speeches to companies and help the sales force not just reach the goal, just successfully reach the unreachable. So you can find me on TonyAsali.com. I'm going to ask you to spell that in a minute. Okay. And I would love to share that knowledge with everybody. So if someone wants to buy your book, Tony Asali, where would they find it? Where do you ask them to go to get it? They will find it on Amazon. Of course. <laughs> and it's hard copy and Kindle. Okay. And now we're working on an audio. We haven't got that yet. A lot of people like the Audible books, the yes. audio books. They're very popular. Okay, so, but really a place to go to learn about the whole you as a speaker and author is TonyAsali.com. How do you spell Tony Asali? T-O-N-Y-A-S-S-A-L-I. And my cell number is 714-227-8522. I'm willing to talk to anybody. I find it good to give you give your number again. It's helpful when people are writing it down to hear it a second time. What's your phone number? 714-227-8522. 
Well, I want to thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of the Critical Mass community, sharing of your precious time to talk about your latest White Tiger, your new book. I'm so happy for you and glad it's being so well-received. Thank you for being a friend of the program, a part of the community, Tony Asali. I'm honored to be part of Critical Mass, and thank you so much for having me on. It's really a pleasure, Rick. Thank you so much. So this, I highly recommend purchasing Tony's book and reading it. I think it's great for people of all ages. I don't think it's just a good book for entrepreneurs, but clearly if there's a budding entrepreneur in your life, this book can inspire him or her to catch the white tiger. So thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Mr. Paul Roberts, and the three producers without whom I could not do this show each week, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until the next time I have a chance to speak with you, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.